second Put down your phone Welcome to the feckin' check-in show We might be playing Tekken in the techno drone With Shredder and Spencer but never Donatello The boys are back in town again Shenanigans from QO Man, the listener can't stop panicking Now tell your friends To listen to the sound of us Pissing in the wind And if you feel like joining in Then do it for the win The sun shines But I find myself in isolation But fear not We've got beer at the cooking station Audio and video flows Are coming for you The trainer at Jimmy's show It's cameras action do The feckin' check-in So check your feckin' pulses Lentils, soybeans, chickpeas Whatever indulgence Takes your fancy snakes, ladders Or piss politics Just sit back and relax we got your weekly fix It's the Feckin' Check-In Show Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show It's the Feckin' Check-In Show Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show It's the Feckin' Check-In Show It's the Feckin' Check-In Show it's cameras act, it's cameras act, it's cameras action do. It's cameras act, it's cameras act, it's cameras action do. It's cameras act, it's cameras act, it's cameras action do. It's cameras action do. Alright, Feckamaniacs, welcome to the Feckin' Check In, episode 16. My name's Trainer. With me, as always, is my co host, Toomey. And with us this week on our second week in our Noah's Ark, um, Ark, <laughs> is Nesbitt from Talking Maiden. How are you doing this afternoon, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. How are you Very doing? good. I'm very good. Tumi, how are you? I am very, very good. Could I just dive straight in with a question for, for Nesbitt? Sure. Uh, what's the, the correct way to pronounce Newfoundland? Is it Newfoundland or something like that or Newfoundland? Because that's where you're fa- from, isn't that correct? That's the first thing I have written down on my page <laughs> <Sorry>. here. Funnily <laughs> enough, <laughs> I was going to ask the same. Go on. A lot of people like say the new. Well, the proper way is like Newfoundland. It rhymes with like understand. A lot of people say Newfoundland, I, and some people say Newfoundland, but it's Newfoundland. If anyone from here says Newfoundland, yeah. Newfoundland. The okay, easternmost yeah. province in Canada, yeah. Yeah, it's the closest to us. Um, it's not too far, really. It's not really too far from Ireland, actually. I'm uh, closer to you guys than I am to Toronto right now. Yes, I remember you saying that to me before, yeah, because yeah, you were talking about going to Iron Maiden gigs in Toronto, yeah. Uh, okay, so Newfoundland, which has a, a strong Irish heritage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, totally. Very I think strong. Josh described Newfoundland as the only Irish. Um, what did he say? What term did he use there? The only Irish, uh, like um, what? What did the Americans do when they went over to America? Or the British like do when they colony? The only Irish oh, colony. colony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it actually an Irish colony? It's not really, is it? Uh, it was. It wasn't part of Canada. Like during World War Two, it was part of. I can't remember. I don't. Not a big history. Okay, no worries. That, <laughs> we didn't bring details, you here for that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you weren't expecting to be asked about the history of Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never pronounce it correctly. Sorry, I don't That's compute right. that type of information well. I always yeah. mix up the pronunciations of stuff. The first time I said found, and the second time I didn't. So yeah, it's going to be a mixed bag today, I reckon, uh, with yeah. that. But that's fine. Um, so I uh, just want to mention as well the time difference. So I said good afternoon because it is afternoon there to you. It's about one uh, forty-five, and it's uh, about quarter past five over here, which is um, interesting because half hour increments, increments of time differences aren't too common across the yeah, world. Yeah, we're on our own half hour t- uh, time zone, like half hour later than, you know, the rest of the Atlantic provinces here. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a strange one because you have to think a bit longer about yeah. what time it is. It's not just subtracting Some five or four or eight. Or <laughs> it's, uh, it seems pretty unique in the world to have a time zone with half an hour difference. I don't know. Is, is there any other countries with that? There's a couple of other ones. And I only know from, you know, when you're doing something online and it makes you pick your time zone and you're scrolling through. And I saw there's another couple of time zones that have like a plus, you know, 30 in there. Yeah. And, and I think technically Britain should be plus something to us or, or, or I think it should be like around plus half an hour but they just didn't bother with it because it's obviously further across in the world um, but I think they just decided it would be much easier if we just all were on the time, same time zone which obviously it is okay uh, probably enough about time zones there <laughs> <laughs> our, our time zone arc will come when we really run out of ideas <laughs> and we'll get you back on for that all one right, I'm okay. up for that. 
<laughs> okay, but uh, this is of course about podcasting. You have a podcast called Talking Maiden. So Talking Maiden is about the band Iron Maiden. Uh, the clue is in the name. And you've been doing this for 140 episodes. Uh, I just had a quick look there on Spotify. You started posting episodes in December 2017, but it was a little earlier than that that you started, if that's right. I'm, I'm sure you started a, f- a few weeks or months earlier. Yeah, that. we started a bit before that. Um, but yeah, it's been almost three years. Not quite. Uh, I usually round off to three years. I think it's a few months short of three years. But uh, yeah, we started, it, it started out, it was just kind of, well, we started it just for fun. Uh, I'll tell you the story of how me and Josh started it. We were, it was in the fall of that year and we were at my cabin duck hunting. So when you duck hunt, you get up before dawn. So we went out the night before and we're sitting around the wood stove having a few beer and we were listening to The X Factor, which is kind of, if people aren't Iron Maiden fans, it's in the 90s, they had Blaze Bailey as their, when Bruce Dickinson left to go ha- follow a solo career, they had Blaze Bailey as this like new lead singer for two albums. And they're not very popular with like Iron Maiden fans. So we got in this big debate about Blaze Bailey because I love The X Factor album. Josh was kind of, he didn't even think that counted as Iron Maiden. So we got in this big debate. It was very heated. <laughs> At the yeah, end, I can imagine. <laughs> at the end, we were kind of like, "That was funny. We really should have recorded that. It would have made a funny podcast." And it was kind of a joke. And then a few days later, we kind of got talking, and you know, we thought maybe we should do an Iron Maiden podcast. And I kind of researched a bit about how to do it. Um, I kind of wish we kind of researched a little bit more, but we just kind of went ahead and did it. It was one of those things where I figured we could spend forever trying to get everything perfect or we could just start and figure it out as we went along and that's kind of what we did we learned as we went um yes yeah yeah, and it uh i don't know kind of took off it got way bigger than we ever thought it would get so yeah it was fun Good stuff. So this is this is the E section of the podcast, just to let the right. listener know there. So we're talking about uh, Talking Maiden, which is obviously entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> but uh, yes. Um, okay, so yeah, that's very similar to how Toomey and I started out. I, we did a bit of research. We went and got the Blue Yeti mics, yep. which I think you that's use as well, to, yeah. which... which yeah, seemed to be within our price range and within our, our skill level, you know, like we didn't want to go and spend four or five hundred euro on a mic. But um, yeah, it, it's just this kind of thing of like, let's see what happens and let's just record some episodes. But I was I was quite concerned with the legalities of things like, do I own the copyright? Who owns the sound file? If it's on Spotify, does Spotify own it? And then I just decided to forget about all that shit because I could just dilly dally for fucking weeks. Um <laughs> thinking about all of these different things, these different concerns, and then you'd never end up posting any episodes then. And and I still don't really know 100%. I think you, the, the people who make the podcast are the copyright owners, but I'm not 100% certain, really. Yeah, I think you're I'm the same way. I kind of started digging into all that stuff and researching, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know, we just kind of went ahead and did it. But, you know, it's three years later and we didn't get a cease and desist from Iron Maiden's management yet, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's yeah, fair enough. Because yeah. they're they're pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty quick to uh, unleash a lawsuit on somebody if they want to as well. Yeah, uh, Toomey, you might be familiar with this, but like there was a ba- it was a game released called Ion Maiden, I O N M A I D E N, recently, and they just basically ceased and assisted them straight away. It was like, stop that! So, <laughs> Dude, you're not, yeah. not going to so get away with it. Basically, uh, this is kind of a getting down a rabbit hole of Iron Maiden. But when we were talking about that lawsuit, and there was also another lawsuit with Iron Maiden over, like, these lyrics that, you know, another band wrote, and they kind of, there's a plagiarism thing there. Um, I started looking into all these lawsuits, and I started going to, looking at the court, you can get access to court documents for these, like, courts where they, and you can search for keywords. So I looked for Iron Maiden, and it, like, there's a lot of Iron Maiden lawsuits over, like, those comic books that Iron Maiden kind of, there's a lot of Iron Maiden, they're very litigious, yeah. let's just say. <laughs> litigious is the <laughs> word I was thinking of there, if, yeah. If someone tries to use Iron Maiden kind of to capital, the thing is, we did ours, and we never play full songs and we're basically just promoting the band the whole time. And we only ever play, like we try to stick to under 30 seconds for clips. Um, you know, it's not like we're making a profit off the band. We're kind of just, we're doing it purely out of love for the band. We've, you know, we haven't monetized it or anything. You're losing money. Actually. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so I've sunk a it's lot the of opposite of bootlegging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't claim that you're now the, the new lead singer of Iron Maiden and that. <laughs> But uh, you're replacing Blaze Bailey or whoever he is. 
Um, but as someone who is less familiar with Iron Maiden and less familiar with your podcast, like, could you tell me a bit more about what, what type of topics do you talk about in relation to, to Iron Maiden? And, um, well, we, yeah, we start every episode with a craft beer because basically this all started over drinking beers, talking about Iron Maiden. So we kept that right from the, I think maybe we started that in the second episode. Um, so we always crack a beer and then we always have a topic. So we can talk about an album or a single song cover art sometimes it's maiden news reviewing live shows like anything and everything iron maiden and it's funny because once you get going um the thing about the talking maiden and like it seems like as soon as we started right from the launch a few episodes in we started getting emails from people with their they had very strong opinions of iron on iron maiden and we got like a lot of engagement and it's almost like soon we kind of got all of these emails from people asking questions and asking us to talk about certain things. So it like coming up with content was really easy after a while because people were kind of just feeding you content, like stuff to talk about. And you can kind of get a gauge of what people want you to talk about from the emails. Yes. And uh, Toomey obviously isn't really a fan of Iron Maiden, although I think over the years you've liked one or two songs, Toomey. I remember you liked Hallowed Be Thy Name there uh, for a while. <laughs> forgot, or should I say? It, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Hallowed. Was there one say. as well? Uh, midnight something? Two, two Minutes, two of, minutes midnight. of Midnight, yeah. yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. That was in GTA uh, Vice City, which is maybe where you first heard it. Um, Toomey, I can make you a but, mix, a 10 song mix of Iron Maiden on Spotify that I guarantee you'll like. Well, well, trainers been threatening similar things for years, but but seeing as though you're a guest, I might give that a go. <laughs> you have to know, Tim, out of politeness, if nothing else. Definitely, definitely do that, Nesbeth. That's great. Uh, <laughs> there was just there's one other thing I wanted to say before we move on to the uh, the funny observation about podcasting. So, uh, go back to the number 140 episodes. So I was chatting to one of my friends there yesterday, actually, uh, Darren. He never listens to this, so he won't know that I'm mentioning him. But um, he was saying, I was mentioning that you were coming up as a guest on the podcast because he keeps like threatening to listen to an episode of, of our podcast. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, we have uh, Nesbitt from Talking Maiden. And he's listened to one or two of your episodes before, so he, he knows who you are. And um, he was saying, but 140 episodes, like, I... I like Iron Maiden, but I don't like any band enough to listen to 140 episodes. And he's like, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He has a Red Hot Chili Pepper tattoo on his leg. He's like, I wouldn't listen to 140 <laughs> episodes about them. But I think unless you're engrossed in it and you're deep in deep into Iron Maiden, which many of the fans are, you just simply don't understand how anybody could talk for 140 hours about one topic. I, I mean, in that time, you could watch all of The Sopranos, all of Breaking Bad and have time left over. Um and this is just a band who has released 16 albums. But I don't. people don't seem to get it if they're on the outside. But if you're on the inside, you fully understand. Yeah, I think part of it, too, is... Um, well, it's like... It's the topic. People like the topic. But I think people also, they kind of enjoy hearing the banter. And I find, like, with your podcast, the two-faced fake snakes, I started listening to that. I don't like hip-hop music at all. But you guys are so entertaining that, like, I would listen to that you know, every episode. You know what I mean? And you kind of get to know the hosts and I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, good point. But I think there's a, there's also enough, kind of what I was also saying, the banter is excellent on your podcast as well. Uh, you both play different roles, which I will touch on later. I have a note here to, to mention that. But um, I think there's also enough material. Like it, to an outsider, you're like, how can you possibly talk about it for that long? But I think there there just is enough depth. There's so much depth to it. Like when you go into the songs, the albums, the interband relationships and everything, there's just so much depth there that it doesn't seem stretched even at 140 episodes. And you do have a band that's been around for 45 years with a lot of like dramatic lineup changes and there's some drama in there you know what i mean like the story of iron maiden goes over that many years that you know i mean we did five hours on we did five hours of episodes we called it the birth of the beast and it starts when steve harris gets his first bass guitar and right up until and that's leading up to just before the first album comes out Hmm. would you you mind if i have one (laughs) i'll start that again would you mind if i have one further question for the entertainment segment. Uh, what what uh, generates the, the new content for Iron Maiden? Like, is there enough stuff going on with Iron Maiden in 2020 that you can talk about? Or are you do you find yourself looking backwards in time? Well, it's all looking... Well, they had a new album out, uh, The Book of Souls. But, I mean, that was a good few years ago now. There's potentially a new album that 
you know, we kind of pieced together these clues from like online and people seeing certain band members in certain studios and things that certain producers have said. Like, I'm, we're pretty sure there's a new album that was, I think, was probably supposed to come out this year, but with all this COVID stuff, I think it's pushed back. Mm. So they're actively, if it wasn't for this, they're actively putting out new music and touring. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, but I mean, you do get to a point and I mean, we actually, we've done 140 episodes. 141 is our actual last episode of this podcast. We're going to kind of take a break and kind of wait until some new content comes out because we've talked about every single song. We've talked about every single album. We talked about every single B-side, like every single thing Iron Maiden's done pretty much we've talked about. So, uh, you know, I had a... I don't even think... You need to add in pretty much there. Yeah. I think you have it all covered. <laughs> There's a few like side projects that we didn't get into, although we did get into a lot of side projects and like Paul yeah. Diano left Iron Maiden and he had a bunch of solo albums. We get into a bunch of those. So it gets to the point <laughs> where you're kind of... September. Yeah. <laughs> Josh's favorite. You could write a book, I would say. Like, that's a genuine comment. Yeah, I know. Josh has been saying that too because before some of our episodes, you get together and you just kind of talk and, you know, maybe I have a few bullet points. Then there's other ones where I spent, I mean, there's a few episodes, those early Maiden episodes, I think I spent 20 or 30 hours of like researching and making notes and stuff before we started doing yeah. those five hours. So it's... But it, it, it shows massively on the episodes. Like there's lots of other Iron Maiden podcasts out there, but none of them are as detailed or intricate as yours. And that's not just a coming from a fan. That's objective because I've listened to some yeah. Well, every episode I like to try to have something that nobody has heard before. You know what I mean? So I really dig deep trying to find. I know I just try to make the podcast that I want to hear if I was listening to an Iron Maiden podcast. And I want to hear, you know, the things that Iron Maiden fans are always wondering. And I like to, you know, find funny, I don't know, ties between things. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And I I enjoy it. So it's it's like, it's not like work to me. You don't have to justify it. Yeah. (laughs) I know, but some people are like, oh my God, you spend like, there was a point there where I was spending like two nights a week doing research for the podcast and then another night recording and then I had to edit. And I was like, it's getting a bit (laughs) intense. Yeah. 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 You have to put put in some family time there, squeeze that in somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. Um, I always wondered when you said the absolutely if you're doing it live or if it was like a show. Very, very consistent. <laughs> So I think it's time to move on from the entertainment segment onto the other letter of the FEC acronym, which is next, and that is not in of in the order of the FEC acronym that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. The next letter <laughs> is F for funny observations. Um, so Nesbit, will you lead us out with your funny observation related to podcasting? Okay, I have a couple of ones. I don't want to get into. A- some of them I don't want to get into very deep because I know your past guests kind of touched on them. But like when you first do a podcast, like getting used to hearing your own voice and the way you talk is like, it's like horrific. <laughs> like I cringed when I heard the first one. I was like, do I talk that way? Yeah. And I, I editing the podcast, um, I realized that I say the word like every 10 seconds, it seems like. Um, I remember when we did episode 100, I made a point of like acknowledging how much I say the word like, and I said, I'm going to get a whole bunch of episodes. So I downloaded five or six of our old episodes and I was going to go through and clip all the times I said like out and make like a compilation of me saying like, (laughs) which I did a 30 second (laughs) one, but I was only halfway through the first episode. I didn't even have to use the other ones. That's how much I Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's like a filler. We did we did did discuss it recently, but it's like it's a verbal crutch. And until you find yourself placed in a situation where you have a microphone in front of you recording, you don't actually know how you speak because none of the other speech you ever do is documented or in a like it's I won't say high pressure scenario, but there's some pressure to having to constantly speak and make sense and be articulate. So uh, I think the listener is very willing to let you away with that. (laughs) But it's these things you don't even realize you do until you hear yourself and then you're yeah. Yeah, I have a bit of experience with this in uh, psychology research. It's, it's like quantitative research. You record people talking in a group 
for example, and then you transcribe what they have said. And the, the contrast you notice between people is absolutely amazing. Some people are really clear and concise and don't say eh uh, and ah. Uh, and other people are like, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like. Not yeah. you. Sorry, I wasn't imitating you there, Des. But, but I'm, sorry. I mean, like, I just noticed when I was transcribing that when you're actually writing what some people say, it actually makes no sense whatsoever. But like in the interaction, it makes sense. Um, and that can be tricky to translate that communicator onto onto a podcast. Transcription of interviews is one of the most difficult and time-consuming jobs I've ever done. I did a bit of it in college. We had to interview people for one of my courses. And trying to look, put something coherent on the page based on what the actual person has said, it's so fucking, like, it's, it's it, you have to spend hours and hours doing it. And it might have only been a 30-minute chat. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy. And Nesbitt, did, did you sort of get more comfortable with your, your speaking on a podcast and your verbal crutches? Did they decrease over time or, or how did it go for you? I just kind of stopped caring. I was like, this is the way I talk. If people want to hear me talk, they'll have to put up with it. Because <laughs> I find if you, tr- like, I just did it again. If you concentrate on it too much, <laughs> it'll like, you know, you're concentrating on that and then not what you're not the topic you're talking about. And I'm like, you can't you can't concentrate on things like that. You just, I don't know, you sound like what you sound like and people like it or not. It stops your creativity a bit. And, and do you notice that it's different between you and your co-host or are you both kind of um, sharing that experience of verbal crutching or do you not want to speak for him? <laughs> um, I don't think Josh does it. He has more of like a radio type voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the I don't think he does it either. He's the trainer of this situation because <laughs> yeah. I'm a verbal crutch type of guy, and trainer is a, a radio uh, voiced guy. Yeah, the one thing me and Josh had to get used to is not talking over each other. I don't know if it's just the dynamic of our like friendship, but when we start getting into a heated thing, we just start over talking over each other. And I remember listening to some of the first episodes and being like, "I got to cut all this part out because it's we're just the two of us f- going full speed over each other, and you can't hear a word we're saying." And we kind of it took a while to get used to talking because when you're recording it for other people to listen to, you really can't be talking over each other. It just gets to be a mess. So that took a lot of getting used to. I find you fall into a natural balance of that. Even just now, when you stopped talking there, I knew I was going to speak and I knew I was going to speak quicker than Toomey was. <laughs> and it was just, it was just instinct. That is true. You do kind of pick up on that very, very quickly. I think that's from having podcasts. You're used to waiting for your chance to get in and, knowing when someone's kind of wrapping up you know a thought and then when you're speaking you have to get used to talking for a bit longer like to fully make your point because in a normal one-to-one conversation you might say you know what i mean you know this like you you'd have a back and forth but with podcasting it's sometimes better to have like a soliloquy type of situation and then say you say your point in full and then stop and wait for the other person yeah i totally know what you're talking about Good stuff. Cool. So you sounded like you had a couple more funny observations there. So uh, keep going. So these are just things I noticed about, uh, I was thinking back to when we started doing the podcast. So it's hearing your own voice. And also uh, when you first started your podcast, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's like everyone that has a podcast, when you throw your first couple of episodes out, I remember I was like addicted to checking the numbers of downloads. I was like checking it <laughs> hourly on my phone. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, we still do yeah. that. Because <laughs> now it's like three years later, and now I'll put the episode out on Friday. And I'll usually check it on Monday just to see how that episode did. Um, and I do check it every now and then. But I remember at the beginning being like lying in bed and like waking up and picking up my phone and hitting refresh and being like, yes, I got six more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. We, we do that yeah. all the time still. Um, and it's because I think ours, look, so ours it hasn't been, as, I, I, I'm, I, you've never given me any statistics, but the, by the way you speak about it, I, I'm guessing Talking Maiden is quite successful. But ours hasn't been as successful, let's say so. Any small change represents quite a large change for us. So we're, we're still kind of chasing that. <laughs> so for, for me, anyway, I still check the downloads quite regularly. And you do get a bit of, I don't know, a serotonin release when you have X number of new downloads and more than you were expecting than maybe this time last week or something like that. Yeah, it is cool to see growth because it just means... And I mean, we haven't done much to promote our podcast, so almost all of our growth was kind of word of mouth, like organic. So it's kind of cool. People are telling their friends about it and... I don't know. Okay, uh, and did you have another point you wanted to make there? <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know if this is a kernel of truth or a funny observation or just a complaint, but 
I'm going to say that, okay, so I'm not a t- one for like using Twitter or Facebook. I'm not on social media. Um, until we started the podcast, I started up kind of a Twitter Twitter uh, account. Just All I do basically is post every Friday the new episode with like a little graphic. Um, so <laughs> my observation is that Twitter is a racket. The whole, mm. like, okay. So, yeah, we were, we put out tweets on Fridays. And you get, you know, a few likes, a few retweets, and you might get some comments. Um, when we hit episode 100, I decided to try a promoted tweet, which I'd never done before. And I threw $20 into it and, you know, for a day. And then I was like, well, it's the week, for this weekend, I threw $120 to promote this tweet for the 100th episode just to see what would happen. And the engagements went way up. Our followers went way up. And you could see it in our listeners that uh, the listens did go up too. Um, it wasn't a huge thing, but it was noticeable. And uh, as soon as you stop promoting the tweets, like the tweet dies. And I mean, you get a little more, you, you might get a few more likes. And basically, the more you pay Twitter, the more engagement you get. And I know that's common sense, but it kind of made me change how I think about Twitter because. I always wonder how much of everything you see on Twitter is just paid to get in front of you because people think of it as like you throw out a tweet and then people like it and they they like it and they retweet it because they like kind of identified with it. But I mean, that hundredth that tweet for the hundredth episode, um, I can think it got like 350 likes and like 50 or 60 retweets. And it said pro- promoted tweet on it. But as soon as you stop paying the promoted tweet goes away. The tweet's still up there. It looks like a normal tweet with all these likes and retweets. So I always wonder, like, you know, how much of the stuff was a promoted tweet at one point. Ah, you know I mean? yes. Because as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, well, it will say promoted on it. But now that you've kind of cleared that up, it, it eventually disappears. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, all of these unbelievably popular tweets, maybe at one point, were a promoted tweet. Yeah, and I couldn't believe how it was just purely the more because I paid 20 and then I paid another 100 for this weekend and I was like I couldn't believe the difference like I'm sure if we if you did a tweet about this episode that we're recording now if somehow someone decided to throw a thousand bucks into this tweet I bet you you would have in the you know thousands and thousands of likes and retweets and it's purely because it's not that anyone's more engaged with it or more it's not that more more appealing to anyone. It's just purely you're you're basically buying engagement. That's yeah. it exactly. We've done we've done the same with Facebook. But go go ahead, Tim. So, sorry, trainer. I was just going to say that points to like the people with resources are going to be the more popular podcast. The people who have a thousand euro to throw into the um, the tweets as as a matter of course, like every tweet they have, just throw in a thousand euro or like people with big budgets behind them are going to find it much easier to make it than kind of guys like us. Yeah, and it is true because I those tweets, when you promote them, like the listeners on that 100th episode are a lot higher than an average episode. So it obviously made a difference even to the downloads and the listens, but uh, it did kind of drop off after. So it's not like people subscribed and then kept listening to the podcast after. You kind of lose them again afterwards because they're not true fans. They're just, they maybe they click through and gave it 10 seconds of listen and yeah. Yeah, they're fly by nights. We we had the same thing with uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. Our downloads increased massively. It was almost like a promoted tweet because he has such a large Twitter following. But like the interactions on Twitter were like twenty seven and a half thousand or something, where normally it's like a few hundred. And uh, we noticed our downloads shot up. But then the, the very following week, it was like way. It was it was back lower than it was before we had. It was like <laughs> hello, doctor, smile, friend. <laughs> back to the ship, basically. <laughs> no, that's exactly what we discussed they weren't real listeners really they were just uh they only listened because of the promotion and it's 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 hard to deal with that i think sometimes you're like fuck i thought some of them would yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't <laughs> so yeah twitter is a racket that's my <laughs> good stuff And on that note, Twitter is a racket. Let us move on to the next letter in the FEC acronym. And that's C. We're on to C. So we're going now for cultural observations. So this will be interesting. Uh, Do you have any uh, cultural observations uh, related to your podcast, uh, Desmond? I do. Well, I've been a Maiden fan for 
you know, most of my life. Um, well, yeah. And uh, I didn't realize how strong of an Iron Maiden, like, subculture there was. And once I start doing the podcast, I feel like I kind of tapped into that. And it's it's kind of like I didn't realize because we started doing the podcast. And I remember our first episode when we first started covering a Maiden album. We broke it into two episodes. And I was like, man, do people want to hear us talk for two hours about one Iron Maiden episode? And then <laughs> by the end of the podcast. <laughs> the naivety of that. <laughs> when we did Brave New World, we did that in seven parts. So that was like seven hours yeah. of an album. And people were like, more and more. And I was I like... There's this hunger for, like, Iron Maiden. I don't know. It's it, the subculture that's very, very involved. And I don't know if other bands have it. I know, like, some might. Like, I know. I think Rush fans are kind of like that. But, I mean, I don't think your average band yeah. is that invested oh. in their band. Personally, I don't know of any band. Maybe Kiss, actually, I'll say. Kiss oh, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kiss that's Cruises true. and Kiss Conventions, all with a K, of course. Um, but I would say Kiss is the only other one I can think of. And I'm a fan of a lot of... A lot of the big rock bands from the 70s and 80s and all that, as I know you are as well. And I don't think of any any concert that I can go to of any of those bands where I walk up to somebody and I talk to them for two minutes and I'm, I'm, I'm friends with them all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, look what how me and you met, right? Exactly. And I, I was <laughs> going to tell that at some point. I know it's. I said it, uh, I sent in an audio clip and it was aired on your episode 140, but just briefly to touch on it again. I basically met you and Josh in the Carton Horses, which is a pub in London. So we were all going to an Iron Maiden gig. I didn't know you at all, but I had listened to Talking Maiden and Josh was wearing a Talking Maiden t-shirt. And I just went over and asked you if you were the hosts of Talking Maiden and you said yes. And then... We all went over and sat with you and we were chatting to you and hung out with you all weekend and, and I've stayed in touch. And I, I've i never had that with any other band in my entire life. I, never. Yeah, it is cool. You go to a Maiden concert. Everybody has an Iron Maiden shirt or T-shirt on or some kind of jersey or something. It's like going, I always said on the podcast, it's like going to a, a sports, you know, some kind of sports game of your favorite team. But, you know, your team always wins and everyone's always rooting for the home team. It's it's yeah. yeah it's like this camaraderie. Like I feel like I could go to you could drop me anywhere at the world anywhere in the world where there's a maiden concert and I could walk into a bar, find a table full of guys in maiden shirts, and I guarantee I could just sit down and have a chat with them and we'll be best buds after like one pint. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I, I actually I have a very short story in relation to that as well. I went over to London uh, at the start of March before everything went into lockdown to see Visigoth. I think you're familiar with them. Um, and they were playing two gigs in London in Camden. And I they were on Thursday and the Friday night, but I had also booked for the Saturday night. I was just on my own. Um, and I decided to go out to Camden on my own to a pub, a random pub in Camden on the Saturday because I wasn't flying home till Sunday evening. And I was walking off the tube and I was wearing my uh, battle vest, if you want, with my Iron Maiden patches on the back. And two guys are walking behind me and one of them just shouts out, Maiden! <laughs> and I, I turned around and uh, these two lads were massive Iron Maiden fans. And they're like, where are you off to, mate? And I was like, I don't know. I was thinking of going to this place. They're like, don't go fucking there. Go to the dev. And I was like, all right then. <laughs> so they were basically, I was going to go to the mainstream metal bar and they were like, don't go there. That's shit. Go to this place. It's much better. And then I hung out with them and was mates with them and met all of their friends. And we just had the best crack ever for the entire night. And it was like I knew them for years. And again, I, I couldn't picture that happening if I wasn't wearing that Iron Maiden vest. Like it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I've had that. We, me and Josh went to Manchester and London it's two summers ago. Uh, to see, we saw a couple of Maiden shows, and uh, we did the same thing in Manchester. Just uh, made a whole bunch of friends just based on pe- someone wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if you went to like a Metallica show. If you just walked up to someone, no, I don't think so. I I, I just don't think so. I've been to like ACDC, Metallica, uh, Guns and Roses, all of the fucking big acts like that, and it's not the same culture whatsoever. Not even close. And I think a lot of those other bands attract a lot of casual fans, and I think Iron Maiden attract far fewer casual fans per capita than the other big acts at their level do and i think that's probably part of the reason why people are so friendly and welcoming because it's like we're all in this together it's like a cult Uh, it just happens to be a very popular cult yeah that's one of my favorite things about the podcast is i met like a ton of cool maiden fans all over the world um you know our listeners are we have listeners but they're very engaged like i get emails multiple emails almost every single day and like i'm you know, I try to email everybody back and I get in these long discussions in email with like 
some of our listeners all over the world. We have like standing offers for pints in like major cities all over the world. So like I could get a map and put pins in it and be like, anytime I'm in any of these places, I'll email this guy. And he said, we'll get together for pints. Um, well, one in Dublin as well, obviously, oh, yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, well, we start every episode with a craft beer. And I mean, we've had people mail us beers. A guy, one of our listeners in New Zealand had this like IPA that he loved and he sent them to us from like the other side of the planet, which was kind of cool. That's kind right. of dedication. Yeah. We had one listener, uh, he was, I was talking to him on Twitter, said he was going to get a tattoo of our version of Eddie, which is like Eddie in a hunting hat. Because me and Josh were hunting when we started the podcast. And that's kind of what our art is revolves around now. It's like Eddie in a hunting, sitting next to a wood stove in a hunting cap. I'm not sure how serious he was. I think it might have been a joke. but And I get these these documents sent to me like, um, people will write their top maiden songs and they'll have like paragraphs under each one of what, how they feel about it. These 15, 16 page documents with like every song with notes. And like, when I get those, I print them up and I put them aside. And when I go up to the cabin, I like crack a beer and I sit by the wood stove and I read them. It's just, uh, I know I love it. People can tell that you're passionate about something. And if they're also passionate about it, there's like this bond. And I mean, people are just really engaged and it's, I don't know. I think it's this Iron Maiden. It is. No, as, as I said, you just don't get that with other bands. I don't know. Toomey, if you have any experience of that, any of the artists you follow. Certainly not in, in hip-hop. I don't um, share a kinship with other Eminem fans or Wu-Tang Clan fans. Um, there's a bit of an edge at some of those uh, shows. And even if you look at different genres of music, like Elton John, I was at a concert of his, and I just remembered lots of drunk people being at it, and they weren't really like... You could tell a lot of people weren't really there for the music. Um, so I think Iron Maiden, it strikes me like that. It, it's so it's kind of specific. It's really popular around the world, Iron Maiden, um, but it's still not mainstream. So it's a nice balance of, of sort of keeping a specific, passionate group of fans. Yeah, and I think what, what happened is, is actually that Iron Maiden are still an underground band, even though they can play to 50,000 people. So it's just a, it's a weird situation. And we're going to move on now to the final part of the podcast, which is the kernel of truth. Nesbitt, do you have a kernel of truth you'd like to share with the feckin' check-in listener? Yeah, well, my uh, my t- Twitter take was so negative. So this is a positive one. So I'm going to say people, I think, are generally very nice and very like supportive. Because when I started this podcast, I remember saying to Josh, you know, we're just going to get hundreds of emails and comments saying, like, you suck. Uh, I, you know, I thought, you know, I'm not on social media, but I was kind of expecting, you know, what YouTube comments are like. Uh, but we got like none of that. I was super surprised by how much support we got from listeners. Uh, I think we have like 180 reviews and I think two or three of them are not five star. Um, there's just almost no negative feedback. It's just been like, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, everyone's just been great like i can't i was very surprised by that there was like none of this you suck emails yeah not even one wow wow good stuff yeah. that's that's unbelievable really um for something that has such a wide audience as well it's it's very difficult to appeal to everybody and I, you've got obviously some emails which have been critical but they have been just in disagreement with what you've said we've read them out on the air obviously um but they haven't been nasty or or anything like yeah. that. yeah well we get people that disagree with us yeah that They'll be like, I can't believe you said this. I think, or this album isn't better than this because blah, blah, blah. But that's just, that's more just differing opinions. And yeah, yeah we haven't gotten any like, yeah, nasty it's, emails. It's <laughs> not like you said this, you asshole type of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't had any of those. <laughs> you guys suck. Uh, it speaks to the, the soundness, as we say over in Ireland, of the Iron Maiden fan base. But it also speaks to the, the quality, quality of your podcast. It must be pretty good if you're not getting any negative feedback. Yeah, I think it also has to do with Iron Maiden fans. Like, I think they can tell, even if they disagree with what we're saying, they can tell that we're passionate and we really love the band. Like, me and Josh love Iron Maiden, and I think it really comes through. And when fans hear that, you know, no matter what you're saying, I think they can tell that you're, like, a diehard fan the way they are. And, like, it is kind of like this brotherhood. They say they have that song, Blood Brothers. It's kind of like your blood brothers because you love Maiden. It's weird. It's weird because Iron Maiden is like one of the biggest bands in the world. But then Maiden fans, yeah, they kind of feel like we're all like underdogs liking this band that's 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's they've managed to keep that mythos about them or something. That mythology. Yeah, it's like, strange. Yeah, it's funny. Um, very good stuff. So overall, a very positive experience doing Talking Maiden. Um, I'd just like to say, to recommend the podcast, obviously, to anybody who likes Iron Maiden who, who might be listening to this. But uh, when I first started listening to it, I wasn't sure. Um, I was like, one of these guys is a massive Iron Maiden fan. I don't know about the other guy. And that was Josh. <laughs> but, uh, but it was because you bring the research and Josh brings, like what I like to say, the color commentary. And this was maybe the first or second episode I was listening to. And I was like, well, this guy has done his homework, but the other guy. But then when, as I listened to more and more episodes, I realized that it wouldn't work work if there were two Nesbits um, because if there were two people bringing the statistics and bringing the research it wouldn't work at all and the beauty of it is that Josh brings the colour he brings the entertainment the funny stories um, and like a massive personality as well not that you don't have any personality but it like I think the balance between the two of you works really well and that's actually what keeps me listening um, rather than it being a hindrance or whatever a deterrent it's two completely different approaches I find he, he's, he's more casual than you are about statistics and dates and times and uh, band members but then adds his own personality to it which is what strikes the balance between the two of you and makes the episodes work yeah I would agree with that I'm the one that takes like all of these like the number of times Iron Maiden's played certain songs and puts them in a spreadsheet and comes out with these statistics and bar graphs. And then Josh makes fun of me for wasting two hours of my life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and I that, think it that, yeah. That's why it works. Yeah. And the banter as well, for people who happen to, for any crossover fans who might happen to listen to Talking Maiden and our podcast, which is probably very unlikely, I love the banter about your other friend, Terry. I think that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you had, Nesbitt Toomey had a friend called Terry years ago and uh, Josh likes to, uh, pretend to be jealous about the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terry, he was my friend in high school. We Iron Maiden. He's kind of the guy that really pulled me into Iron Maiden. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen him since high school. I don't even know where he is now. But every time I mention him, yeah, Josh or goes, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go off to the cabin with Terry? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I was actually stuff. thinking, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, Terry is one of those comical names that you can kind of laugh at. We, we have an old teacher called Terry that we, we often laugh at, for example. Well, I was thinking it would have been a perfect last episode if I could have, like, somehow through sign up for Facebook and track down Terry and got him to come on the podcast and be like, oh. don't you need you anymore, Josh? There's still time. There's still time to do that. Don't say it won't happen. That would have been funny. Should release an episode without telling Josh and have Terry as your co-host. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Just shout, quick shout out to Terry if he's listening to this somehow. Hi, yeah. Terry. Hey, Terry. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope you're okay. We're in Newfoundland. I think he's moved away after high school to like central Canada somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> after the big smoke. Yeah. All right. That'll be Terry. So to finish up, before we go into the song of the week, Nesbitt, you have um, obviously mentioned that Talking Maiden is coming to an end. You've done 141 episodes, or you will have done by the time this is released. But you're moving on to Pastures New, uh, a horrible phrase that they use in my job when somebody moves positions. Um, but you're going to do a new podcast, and I have no idea what this is, but you you are going to announce what that is now, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So during yeah, the 141 episodes of the last three years of doing Talking Maiden, um, there was one time on the podcast where I was really complaining how hard it is to find like new metal metal bands that I really like. And I keep going back to like the Judas Priest, the Iron Maiden, the you know what I mean, the the classics. And so we started getting people recommending these like heavy metal bands to us. And I think we got 40 something bands recommended to us. And a few of them we've gone through. We played a few a few clips of a few of them on certain episodes. One of the bands uh stuck out and it's Night Demon. And me and Josh uh, both, like, love Night Demon instantly. And, I mean, they're, I don't know, they stood out out of all these bands. We had Jarvis from Night Demon, the lead singer, on our podcast to talk about Number the Beast. Uh, we had him on a few more times. And the last time he was on the podcast, uh, we kind of, I kind of hit him up about doing a Night Demon podcast. So we have the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast and it's the first episode's out now. Um, wow. With, uh, dealing with so, Iron Maiden. Okay. Are you, so is Jarvis going to be your co-host? No, I'm doing it solo. Right, but, okay. But uh, when I asked Jarvis about doing it, I was like, Iron Maiden is such a big, huge, like this big machine. They're very inaccessible. Um, with Night Demon, I'm going to have access to like 
isolated tracks for like every song, demos, like live bootlegs. I can go right to the guys in the band and ask them like you know, how they wrote the song. So I can get right down to like all the details and I think it's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited. It's uh I'm they're like they're one band. I remember when we did Iron Maiden The Birth of the Beast. We're the leading up to the first album, the whole conversation all revolved around like Steve Harris and Iron Maiden and they had this like drive and they almost seemed like unstoppable. And I kind of get that vibe from Night Demon. Like they just they keep getting better and better with everything they release and it's it's really exciting. I I I think it's going to be really fun too. I yeah, 100% agree with you. I'm a big fan myself. I've seen them uh, the two times they've been in Dublin and spoke to Jarvis both times and he's a really nice guy. Um but yeah, they I what I love about Night Demon actually is their current approach to how they're releasing music. So they've two studio albums and a live album and Lately, over the last few months, they've decided to release, to release one single per month on vinyl and release a T-shirt to go with it and, and sell it as like a package on their website. And it's just been happening now month after month. I think they've done three of them. And then they have like a unique B-side that features on the vinyl, but you can't get that anywhere else. You can't get it on streaming services. And it's, it's just such an entrepreneurial approach to releasing music in a lockdown, I think a lot of other bands could learn from them. It's like they've kind of taken the model that Iron Maiden used in the early days where each single had unique artwork and there was a lot of effort put into it, but they've taken it to the next level and they're just applying it to 2020. And it seems to be working really well for them. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of bands, well, like Iron Maiden, for example, there's like, they're basically in shutdown over this COVID. They're not releasing anything, nothing worth mentioning anyway. And yeah, they've really taken advantage of it. And it's like every five weeks, boom, a single. Uh, a vinyl, a collectible limited edition vinyl. has been some like color variations on certain ones. And yeah, t-shirt to go with it. And it's just, if you're a Night Demon fan, which I know we are, um, you know, you're dying for something, entertainment and content during, you know, lockdown. And there's this constant new songs coming out. And I mean, the new songs are amazing, I think. Excellent stuff there. Jeez, I'm really looking forward to that Night Demon podcast. Now, I thought, you know, my, my inkling was that it might have been on Guns N' Roses because I'd spoken to you um, and I, I, you know, learned that you're a, a big Guns N' Roses fan. I was thinking, will he go and do that? But uh, obviously it's not. But I, I'm more excited to hear that it's about Night Demon because there's obviously nobody else doing that at the moment. So, Yeah, congratulations. It's a new, new podcast, a new era, and you'll have like a lot of new content coming on because presumably they're, they've a lot going on in 2020. Um, in contrast to Iron Maiden, in some ways, they're more, obviously more current and there's probably a lot more stories. So, so well done. That sounds exciting. Yeah. And me and Josh might revisit Talking Maiden when new content from Iron Maiden comes out. But uh, yeah, we're going to come back for like a limited run on a new album or something. Very good stuff. Okay, so that just leads us to the song of the week. Can you tell us, uh, it mightn't be a surprise to the listener, but what's the song of the week, Nesbitt? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's called Are You Out There and from Night Demon. Um, I figured since you guys are in Dublin, this song, Are You Out There, is uh, it's kind of Night Demon's tribute to Thin Lizzy, or Tin Lizzy, as you guys would say. Tin Lizzy, yeah. And uh, (laughs) Thin Lizzy is a huge influence on Iron Maiden and Night Demon. Uh, and this is kind of like a cautionary tale about the final days of Phil Linet. Um, it's kind of a slight departure from the classic Night Demon sound, and it's uh, it's just an awesome track. And I figured where you guys in Dublin, the Thin Lizzy tribute song would be cool. Very it's, good. Uh, yeah, it kind of captures nice that one. sound of Thin Lizzy. It was actually produced by you know, Steve Albini, who did like Nirvana in Utero and the Pixies Surfer Rosa album. He produced a single, so yeah. It's an odd choice, actually, for for heavy metal. Well, kind yeah. of an odd choice, because yeah. Nirvana and Pixies, I would I would associate together, but it, I wouldn't associate Night Demon with them at all. Yeah, these new singles are all kind of uh, produced by some big producers. So you can tune in to the uh, "Are You Out There" episode of my new podcast. <laughs> I will, well, I already have the, the T-shirt and the single on vinyl. And uh, the vinyl, yeah. So uh, I'll of course listen to the episode. Uh, excellent stuff so to me uh, any final words for Nesbitt and the listener well I have three things to say thank you Nesbitt uh, that, that was great to have you on and thanks for all your support with our podcast as well and I really enjoyed this and uh, good luck with your new podcast and back off yeah <laughs> cheers Nesbitt yeah <laughs>